0: Hey, welcome to the CGM podcast. My name is Michael Gossett and serve as pastor here at Green Acres Baptist Church. And this is my buddy, John Roach, who serves as our missions pastor uh, here at Green Acres. Um, so what does that mean exactly, John? You are the missions pastor.
1: Yes, that so is what correct. So what does that mean? Uh, that means that I get the privilege of helping our people get on mission. So um, the idea there is uh, engaging people who don't know Jesus. So what we say often is missions is taking the gospel where the gospel is not.
0: Yes. Uh, I love so, that definition, by the way. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's what we're doing. We, we want to help our people... <clears throat> whether that's in our city or around the world. Take the gospel where the gospel's not.
0: um, I love that definition because Mm -hmm. I want to just stop there for a second because you you talk about that quite a bit with our Connect Group leadership, with our missions leadership, our staff. Um, So how how did you get to that place? Because missions is – sometimes it has this wide understanding or wide variety um, because so many times – um, you know, John, I'm going to press a button here with you for a second, but so many times we say that we're doing missions and in, and in essence, maybe we're not, uh, maybe we are, uh, but we kind of tag missions onto some things, projects at mm. times when yeah. maybe sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with missions. Mm-hmm. Explain the difference.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, both fortunately and unfortunately, it's been a word that's been misused out of good intention.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Um, but when we say things like, for instance, some conversations that I've had recently are thinking about uh, orphans or or widows uh, or even those who um, who maybe are in poverty. Um, those things are definitely those are people in need for right. sure. Right. Uh, but missions is distinctly. Um, taking the gospel where the gospel is not. Yeah. So should we care for orphans? Should we uh, serve those and care for those that are in deep poverty? Should we love widows? Yes, because we're Christ followers. Yeah. That's what you do as a Christian. Uh, but to lump that into missions actually does a disservice to missions. Um, so I, I heard a missionary say once, uh, if everything is missions... Then nothing is missions.
0: You know, I love that distinction there because <clears throat> at Green Acres, man, we have an entire ministry focused on orphan care. Absolutely. And we fund another, help uh, fund another ministry um, that is, that's their entire thing is helping um, foster parents. Mm-hmm. And and then they even have uh, ways for uh, people to adopt. I mean, it's just an incredible mm-hmm. ministry. And by Absolutely. the way, James tells us that this is an undefiled religion, mm-hmm. uh, one that takes care of orphans and widows, mm-hmm. right? And so these are things that Green Acres, we're gonna chase after with everything we got, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. With everything. Um, but it's because we are Christ followers. And because we are Christ followers, we do these things and we help the impoverished. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a ministry that, um, that weekly um, uses a, uh, we have a shower trailer. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're helping um, those um, who are homeless and just in that season of life to just a difficulty. Um, and so we do all of these things. But I love that distinction when someone asks, okay, well, what is it like to go on mission? Mm-hmm. Because you, I've heard you say, John, that going on mission is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not an event in mm-hmm. someone's life. Will you unpack that just a little bit? Sure.
1: So there are several things that are kind of working here. Uh, Missions has become the um, it's the buzzword to kind of categorize things that are really hard to do. So that when it comes to orphan care or widow care or um, you know church under the bridge or those kinds of things, which is
0: the homeless ministry, right? Those are
1: really difficult things to do. So the issue with that, and this is probably um, an American Christian kind of concept. The issue with that is when we, when we put that in missions, it kind of helps us be a little bit hands off because we can say, wait, well, that's missions. I'm a Christian, but missions is distinctly different from being a Christian. So what we've done is we've categorized things so that there's less responsibility. Whereas what you find in other countries when it comes to Christ's followers, orphanages were are birthed out of the church yeah it's not a, a community deal uh, it's birthed from the church. those who are poor and, and in need they're met by the church yeah so it's really kind of a, and I'm sure there are other countries or other cultures that do this but it's kind of an American perspective on Christianity that's been birthed I believe out of a distinction between those who maybe live on mission, are different than just an everyday Christian, to which what you're saying is, do do I think that there are those that are called to be missionaries? Yes. Is every Christian called to be a missionary? No, just like every Christian is not called to be a pastor. Uh, Do we live our lives with the focus and intent so that those who are far from Christ hear about Jesus? Yes. So in that regard... Is there an, an evangelistic missions bent of our life?
0: Always. Always, yeah. Uh,
1: and, and the reason is because our God is missional. The, yeah. the very idea that Jesus left heaven to pursue those that were far from him is missions. Jesus is going where he is not, right? right? So right. there's an absence of a love for God. So what God does is he sends his son to to reignite this love for God through what He's done on the cross. So the very essence of being a Christian is one who lives with God's mission in mind. Yeah, And I think that's kind of the distinction we need to make.
0: Yeah. So every Christian is called to go on mission. Absolutely. Every Christian is called to live a missional lifestyle, right? Because that's what you're saying as far as evangelism and... Uh, missional intent is mm-hmm. what I like to say mm-hmm. at times, but vocationally, not everybody is called to be Correct. a missionary. But um, and so I like that distinction, John. The way that you're kind of walking through that because it's it's helping you not minimize portions of your life that should be there because you're simply a Christ follower, not because you're called to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. Is that am I Absolutely. following along with you?
1: Yeah, and, and the truth is what <clears> I think. What I have to wrap my mind around every day is, uh, I am not called to be a missionary. I know that. I have a deep love for those that are. Uh, God's just birthed that in me, and yeah. Um, but I also, like, I think of Lydia right? Mm. In the scripture. yeah. Uh, Did Lydia have a heart for the nations? Of course she did. She absolutely had a heart for the nations, which is why she opened up her resources to the local church to meet in her home regularly so that they could be encouraged and then engage those around her or around them and also around the world. And we see this, it's very clear, I, I think, in the book of Acts. Uh, So, Jesus is speaking to the disciples in Acts 1, and he says, you're going to become my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Then he says this phrase, and to the ends of the earth. Yeah. So, if you walk through Acts chapter 1 through 12, what you find is the disciples are in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. But then something happens in Acts 13. Acts 13, the first few verses there, the church is being the church. They're praying. They're seeking the guidance yeah. of the Spirit. They're worshiping the Lord Jesus together. And then something something clicks. The Holy Spirit begins to work, and he sets apart Paul and Barnabas That's right. for the purposes of seeking those who are far from Christ. Yeah. And then you, they go on these journeys, and what happens is they begin to plant churches, which this is an important distinction for missions as well. I heard someone saying, I think this is a phrase that I would. I wish I came up with. I really love it. Disciples make disciples and churches plant churches. Mm. You can't distinguish one from the other. The disciples of Christ are the church. And if the church is the uh, mode by which God is redeeming humanity, so he's using broken men and women who are yes. called the church that follow Jesus to then draw others to himself, then... The church should go where the church is not. That's right. The church should go where the gospel is not. And now we have this circle back to missions. So missions is prime. Like there's kind of this um, um, one builds on the other. The the way that I see it, man, this this is probably a um, a broken view, but it's just the way I see it. And uh, you know,
0: if it is, we'll correct it. Well, I
1: fully (laughs) expect that. Uh, So missionaries kind of go and and till up the soil, so to speak. So like, for instance, uh, I met with a Pastor Elmer from Brazil a couple of weeks ago, and there are still... He's with Amazon Outreach, correct. uh, Amazon Vita. Amazon Vita, that's right. Um, So there are still um, cultures and communities of people who have, have not been engaged. Yeah. They speak a completely different dialect that we don't even know what it is. Wow. So to send someone in and go do like a VBS...
0: Does it, really <laughs> it just work? doesn't work.
1: So what happens is these missionaries will go in and they'll plant roots in these communities. Till they'll the begin soil. to love yeah, people, till right. the soil. Well, then what happens is church planters, either the missionary or church planters come behind them yeah, uh, and they start a church. Um, because the truth is th- there is a clear, organized expectation that God has for His church. Right. He makes that very obvious. And the book of Acts teaches that, Um, but so do... So much of the New Testament, I mean, Paul's talking to leaders and organized churches. I mean, the Philippians is uh, to the church. Ephesians is the church in Ephesus, right? There's an organized um, church. So fulfilling the Great Commission is really to that end, that we start by tilling the soil. We continue by planting churches, and then churches plant churches. That's right. Um, so it's this ongoing, repetitive process. So
0: let me let me ask you this: We're going to bring it back a little bit locally, because in with with our missions here at Green Acres, uh, you you concentrate fully on local, domestic, and international efforts. Absolutely. Yeah. And so let's let's bring that whole concept of what you're talking about and teaching through in acts, what we see from the early church, uh, from missional efforts, um, Paul's journeys, sending Mm -hmm. out Barnabas, Mm -hmm. all of these things. Let's bring that back more regional, more local to our context here. What does that have to do with 10, 10, 10? Oh, it's everything. (laughs) It's everything. (laughs) Uh, That was a test and I was hoping he was going to pass that.
1: So, so, um, Part of the 10, 10, 10 is uh, 10,000 baptisms, 10 campuses over 10 years. Yeah. You can't separate those from each other. Uh, The church, the Great Commission drives us to make disciples, and then it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's right. So the idea there is the church is making disciples. So. New things grow. This is a multiplication is clear throughout the scriptures. Yeah. God plants things; they grow. So that's why we use the term planting churches. New things grow faster than old things. That's just the way it is. Right. Uh, so part of the the idea of identifying neighboring areas or cities around us or, or even areas of our city where there may be a lack of gospel presence or church presence. Yeah. Well. That's what we're doing. Right. 10, 10 10 is we're running after those areas that, that people don't know about Jesus or there's a great need, and through that need we it opens the door for us to tell them about the greatest need, which is Jesus in their life. That's right. Um, so 10-10-10 is the culmination of, of this this idea of planting churches, of starting campuses. The, these campuses, they're, they're churches. Yeah. they
0: are. Um, I love the, the way that this um, really is. Uh, helping us understand why that 10-10-10 is so important, because 10-10-10 uh, is a result of the Spirit moving in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you what you just talked about, John, in Acts chapter 1 through 12, and then in 13, of course, but um, what happens is when the Spirit falls... Mm. Um, people are stirred to action. Mm -hmm. And the action in the New Testament, what we see in the book of Acts, between the church era until now, obviously, what we see is when the spirit falls, when people are stirred to action, it's drawing people into salvation, it's drawing people to baptism, and it's drawing people to start new Mm -hmm. works, exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying. So that's why, you know, this is an easy just kind of reminder that that's why our values are so important. Because our values are not just some pithy statements that we like to throw on the wall behind us or anything like that. It really drives us to a degree that allows us to have guardrails to make sure that we're staying aligned with New Testament thought. Mm -hmm. Not only New Testament thought, Mm -hmm. but New Testament practice, Mm -hmm. Um, early church practice. That when the spirit fell, people were stirred to action. Um, They went to connect people to Jesus right? So they would have a a gospel understanding of who Jesus is, that they are in desperate need for Jesus. And when you are connected to Christ, you are you become a part of the fold in his church, mm-hmm. in his body. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely impossible. You cannot hate the bride of Christ and not be a part of the bride of Christ and have Christ living in you, right? These two things go hand in mm-hmm. hand. They don't run parallel. They run hand in hand right. together. Um, and then when you are connected to the body, um, what we say is what you just said, healthy things grow. When mm-hmm. you are connected to a healthy body of Christ, uh, you're going to grow in the likeness of Christ. That's right. And when people are growing in the likeness of Christ, they multiply for the purpose of Christ. That's right. Now let's talk about multiplication. All let's, right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is one of John's uh, as as well as mine. Just You know, one of those buzzwords that really gets in our head is this this concept of multiply. Mm -hmm. Um, We see it first in Genesis. Mm, That's right. So, what does the Lord tell Adam and Eve?
1: Be fruitful and multiply.
0: Okay, and then what? And subdue the earth. Right. right. Subdue the earth. Mm -hmm. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. You know, I always remind everybody, you know, before you get to being fruitful. Before you get to multiplication, um, I'm, I'm reminded that in Genesis 127 that, um, you know, God makes this statement, he says, let us go and make man in our image, okay? In the image of God, he created them, both male and female, God created them mm-hmm. in his image, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just butchered that verse, but you it's, did, but it's very close. We know what you mean. Okay, um, uh, so... In the image, and then he says, okay, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth mm-hmm. and be fruitful and multiply. And so when we're talking about multiplication, it's not detached from God's image. That's correct. It's because we are image bearers of God that we reproduce, we replicate, we multiply mm-hmm. uh, the image of God himself, and in turn, we are subduing the earth under the authority of God That's right. himself. That's right. And so, you know, fast forward to the Abrahamic covenant, uh, even with the Mosaic covenant, um, when you when you look at these promises that God is uh, calling Israel to, you alluded to it already, John, but when you look at these covenant uh, and these promises that God has made to his people, it's all about multiplication, Yeah, right? It's all about his people. Mm-hmm. Taking the image of God, living in such a way that you are subduing the earth under the headship and the authority mm-hmm. of God Himself. Okay, now back to Acts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go. So what God's doing is exactly the opposite of what we did in the garden. So we destroyed or attempted to destroy the image of God. When when Adam and Eve talk about Genesis three, sin. Yes. They took the reins, they turned right. from God. And they, they attempted to uh, to mar, distort, and that was the result really was the distortion of the image of God. So That's now right. when they multiplied, what they're multiplying is something that does not image God. Right. So then enter Jesus, who redeems that image, and then what, what happens all throughout the book of, the, of Acts, and I, I would challenge uh, viewers, listeners, go read the book of Acts and just count how many times you read the words, uh, add... Or multiply, multiply. Great exercise. Um, Because what you're going to find is all throughout that book. (laughs) Uh, especially when the gospel was proclaimed. That's right. The result was multiplication. Or they added to... Yeah, yeah. it would be hundreds or thousands of people who came to faith in Christ, which what does that mean? What that means is what God said in Genesis 1 is now happening through Jesus in the book of Acts. That's right. They are imaging God. When When people come to faith in Christ, God redeems them through the finished work of Jesus. They are now able to image God because they couldn't before. Apart from Jesus, they had no way to do that. Right. But now that the Spirit of God lives in them.
0: So can okay. Yeah. Think about that paradigm shift. So before God was shedding his light on Israel mm-hmm. in the Old Testament so that the nations around them would see the light that is shed on them, right? Yes. Th- through blessing, mm-hmm. through this promise, all of that. Now I love this paradigm shift because now that the spirit is living in the church. In Israel, mm-hmm. in God's people, the light is going forth from God's people to the nations so that it's like a lighthouse. It's that city on a hill. That's right. It's Okay. I just wanted to no, right, no, keep no. going. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that, again, that's the idea is uh, the, the cool thing is when you read read God's word, one of the things that God makes clear is that his purposes will be fulfilled. Amen. His plans will come to fruition. That's right. And he's only proving this through what Jesus is doing in and through us in the church. And what blows my mind is not that, uh, like some view this as, oh, you mean I have to go on mission? Man, if you view it that way, I would argue that maybe there's something in your heart that's off balance. I would rephrase that and say, I get to. Because the fact that, that Jesus allowed a sinner, a broken sinner like me, to now be be termed or, or labeled as or phrased as or, or whatever as an ambassador for Christ. So now a broken person mm. gets to be called, co-heirs with Christ, a son of God, have the full rights that the Savior has because he's given me those things. So I get
0: to tell people about this Jesus. Hey, think about this. Um you think about all throughout history, kings and their kingdoms. Um, only the most important, uh, the most trusted of the king's uh, group of people um, were able to go and speak on behalf of the king. Mm. Only the highest trust um, were given what is the ring called, the signet? The signet, yeah, okay, hey, yeah. Um, and here we have uh, the seal of God Himself, by the Spirit Himself mm-hmm. in us, and He trusts us, He entrusted this task to us to go and be His ambassador, you have said, as you have said, and speak on His behalf. Mm-hmm. I, I think that what... Because I don't want to blow by what you just said, John, because so many times we just... We minimize this task mm. that we've been given, mm. That that the God of the universe the one who spoke things into existence. There was nothing. He spoke and there was creation. Mm -hmm. Has looked at you and he has looked at me and he has looked at those who follow Jesus and says, I want you to speak for Mm -hmm. me. Now, before we get too prideful, he also spoke through a donkey in Numbers chapter fourteen, but listen, let's not Very go there. Okay. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my point is, man, it was it was only the entrusted for the king that they would give such a task. Yeah. And Jesus looks at his broken people at the church mm-hmm. and says, "I want you to speak on my behalf and go." And so it is an honor, mm-hmm. it is a pride mm-hmm. that we get to speak on behalf of God's kingdom to advance His purpose and His mission. That's right. Okay, John. Uh how do we do that now? I mean, we're, we're talking about so many different things. Um, how can we get involved um, as members of Green Acres, but we also know that there are several people that, right. that are not members of our church, and they're in uh, great churches all around the nation. Um, but what can we do um, as far as getting involved in missions?
1: Yeah, I I would say um, there's a couple things to really think through. Um, One, the simplest way is contact us. Uh, I I mean, we would love to help. Um, For our church members, I I would say the best and most productive way is to get into a connect group uh, because our desire is that all of our connect groups are connecting on mission like they're going on mission they're all of these these buzzwords or values connect grow multiply they result in the multiplication of god's word which is mission Uh, so we're working to make sure all of our connect groups are doing that Uh, another thing is we're trying to send as many people as we can um, in different parts of the world from uh, states in our own country
0: all right I'm, i'm gonna put you on the spot yeah right now sure how many so how long have you been here
1: uh it'll be 5 months. Okay, 5 months. Yeah. So
0: in the let's say the past uh 3 to 5 months, mm-hmm. how many people have gone out on mission?
1: Uh we've had right around 60 people uh leave our city and go to another city or another country on mission.
0: Yeah, so not talking about all of our missional efforts mm-hmm. in Tyler, but or, you know, East Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but leaving and going mm-hmm. out, we've yeah. had 60 just in the past 3 months. Yep. Um what are we what, what trips do we have coming up that we can be a part of?
1: So uh, we are we have one in Malawi in June. We have uh, one in uh, the Dominican in uh, July. Uh, our high school and junior high students are going to Kansas City and Tulsa also in June. Uh, we have another trip to Colorado in August. We have a trip to Seattle, a trip to Boston in July. Okay. Uh, we have another trip to the Amazon in September. And all of these trips Uh, work with church planters.
0: So, Okay, so just briefly say, okay, what is the contact with church planters? Um, Because we've already looked at the book of Acts Mm -hmm. that explains why we need to be um, helping and coming alongside Mm -hmm. church planters, because that's what God expects us Mm -hmm. to do. Sure. But explain that really quick of how does this short-term trip help a church planter?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you an example just from a trip that we recently did. Uh, About four weeks ago, we took... 17, 18 people to Colorado uh, with Pastor Josh Green, who planted a church uh, out of Green Acres. He was connected with us. We sent him out. Uh, so he started uh, canvassing and loving on people and, and telling people about this church. And mm-hmm. they started a few years ago. Well, I said, hey, man, how can, how can we serve you? What can we do? So we went the weekend before Easter. And they, they did a, uh, a community rally. This was a, a community-driven deal initially right. by their city. But because they loved their city so well over the last few years, the city actually gave it to them and asked them to just run it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So they loved their city well. It's a, it was an Easter egg hunt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he just said, hey, man, it's way too many people than what we can manage. We need your group to come in, and if you'll just do the Easter egg part, that will free us up to build relationships with people. Yeah. So that's what we did. Uh, so that's just one simple way, but that's just one of the many ways that we can serve church planters.
0: So we want to strengthen uh, boots on the ground. Absolutely, and um, you know, so many times, what uh, there 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 are some instances where short term trips, if it is not connected to uh, a local church or a church planter. Then we accidentally maybe do harm
1: the good at times. You know,
0: there's never a bad time to share the gospel with people, and so we're not we're not talking about that evangelistic efforts. But but if we align our evangelistic efforts with church planting efforts, then now you're giving them a booster. Now you're given that the boots on the ground, ammunition to continue to fight. Yeah. And that's what we want to do as a church in all of our efforts, that we want to come alongside church planters. We want to start new churches. We want to strengthen the the works that are already there. uh, And we want to just send out more and more people. Well,
1: just food for thought real quick. Yeah, let's go. Um, Green Acres hasn't always been here. That's right. It started at some point.
0: I'm going to quiz you. What year?
1: 19... Yes. 55. Yeah.
0: You know, I think... Um, I actually
1: was going to say that. You, were you, I don't know if they'll catch what I you did, yeah, but yeah. I actually really was going to say 1955.
0: Right. If you If you knew that... Gosh, was, I'm so proud of myself. If you would have known that it was the first Sunday of May of 1955, I would have been very impressed. Oh, wow. But um, um, yeah, and, and so Green Acres, you're exactly right. Um, it started with 297 missionaries. Mm-hmm. That said, hey, we're going to plant and start a new work Mm. on the outskirts of town. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) in a community that's no joke, uh, in a community called Green Acres. So we're named after the community here, Um, not the TV show. Just FYI, Um, but uh, you know it's phenomenal. And and what we want to do is we want to continue that.
1: Absolutely, we
0: want to be a planted. We want to be a planted church that continues to plant churches. There's, c- there's no other organization
1: people. on the planet that guarantees your investment will outlive you other than the church. Nothing.
0: You know, that is such a great perspective that um, in the volatility of the market in which we live, mm. um, which we've been saying that for hundreds of years now, but uh, I think the market is always volatile. Just more times, you know, sometimes sure. it's more severe. <laughs> sure. Um, and but but in a volatile market, um we're always kind of thinking about oh man, the, the longevity of our investments or uh the return on our investment. Um there's no greater investment to make uh because when you invest in the church mm-hmm. only. It's, it's eternal. When you invest in the church, you have eternal dividends. That's right. Can you imagine? Um I I, I like to think about this at times because I'm kind of a weirdo, but can you imagine when you get in front of the Lord, hmm. there, there's not going to be much that we can think about. And sometimes we uh, we kind of take lightly of what it's going to be in the presence of the Lord. And that's not my intent here. Um, but when we're in the presence of God, but when we have that moment that maybe we get to see others that were impacted by the efforts that we had here on yes. this side of eternity. I've always thought to myself, <clears throat> Um, I think one of the scariest thoughts is that you would see how little impact that you have. Mm. That, that, that's a very um, scary thought to think. Um, maybe I will realize that, like what Solomon said, that man I, I was chasing after the wind mm. in vain, mm-hmm. because the 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 impact that we make is is always tied to God's purpose. And we know that God's purpose for your life is to live on mission. Mm -hmm. And and so you can give, you can go, you can um, be a part of it here at Green Mm -hmm. Acres. It doesn't matter if you're a member of our church or not. Mm -hmm. If you're a follower of Jesus and maybe you're in a context, maybe where just going and sending is not an option for you, well, guess what? Uh, You can sign up for one of our trips and go on mission uh, with Green Acres, you can give uh, to our missions ministry. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put up links for you uh, right now. It might be across John's face right it's here. Um, but uh, whatever whatever it is, you can go to gabc.org uh, forward slash missions, and that'll give you all of the information that you need about how you can get involved in making sure that your investment is eternal. Amen. Uh, any other thoughts, John, before we go?
1: You know the, the last thought that I would I would share with you is uh, it's I, I just don't think it's a bad idea to be strategic. Yeah, I think when you read the Book of Acts, uh, there was clear
0: strategy. Yeah. Um, so hey, wh- they were thinking about those cities yeah. that they were going to. They were measuring their journeys. And, and so I think if our
1: missions can be um, influenced strategically. I just think there's an effective part of that that outweighs Mm. something that's not strategic.
0: I see a uh, part two of this conversation. Sounds good to me. Because now we've talked about a little bit of the theology of missions Mm -hmm. and why. Maybe we should talk about the how in our strategy. All right. Maybe uh, next week, maybe we should drop another episode. Let's do it. About how and talk through this strategy. Uh, But hey, we love you. We are so glad that you uh, thought about tuning in today. Make sure that you subscribe, hit the bell, do all the things that the young people do that tell me that's important. And I don't really know what it is, but retweet something, Uh, special. uh, Our uh, producer back here for the Connect Grow Multiply podcast is laughing and giggling at me as we speak because I'm butchering it. Uh, But make sure that you hit like, hit the bell, subscribe, and uh, we hope to see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode and joining in on our
1: conversation. If you liked what you heard or you want to know more about Green Acres, go check out our website at gabc.org or follow us on Instagram at gabc underscore Tyler. Have a great day.